Hello there, beloved friends, and welcome to the I Am Me Fearless Soul podcast. And I am Anaya Sophia. This is episode four, and it's titled The Art of Penetration. Today, it is going to be just me for the first 30 minutes. And then in the second half, Pete Wilson, who is a worker of men and a worker of love, and who also doubles up as my husband, he's going to be joining us and chipping in with this very provocative and very timely subject. So it all began a few days ago. Pete had been scrolling through Facebook and he'd approached me in the kitchen and he said, do you think it's possible for a man to penetrate a woman in other ways than just sexual intercourse? I think I was making a batch of chai or maybe some mung beans and rice. So he kind of caught me by surprise. <laughs> and I turned and I faced him and I said, oh yes, of course. A man can absolutely penetrate a woman at the level of the heart. And in very rare circumstances at the level of the soul. So he went away, scratching his head and frowning. And we both started contemplating this subject between us over the coming days and sharing notes and, and seeing what one another was discovering. So of course I turned to me and I asked myself, have I ever been penetrated with something other than a man's penis? And the answer is yes, but only on a few occasions. And I do not believe for one minute that those men knew what they were doing. I do not believe they had intended to do so, or planned it, or were even skillfully adept at it. It just kind of happened. And when it does happen, it is so surprising, so inviting, so yes, you want more of it always, and you are also a little scared because you have been penetrated. And what is it that that penetration has touched. So my own personal experience is a little bit thin on the ground, but I do know it is possible. So after I realized, oh, okay, I have contemplated myself, that didn't take long. I then turned to the movies. And I asked myself, where have I seen this in action? 
I think, for me, one of the movies that really stands out is Bram Stoker's Dracula. Gary Oldman was playing Dracula, Winona Ryder, his love, his beloved. There is an incredible scene on the bed where he has fully transformed into Dracula and the fangs are coming out and the passion is rising and he is about to bite her in the neck and she is completely wide open and saying yes to the bite and everything it could lead her to. And right at that last moment he draws back simply unable to inflict her with the same fate. But throughout the movie, you get to see Gary absolutely penetrating every nuance of Winona Ryder. He has crawled under her skin. And it is certainly not because... He wants to have sex with her. That is so clear in the movie. It is much, much bigger than that. He wants to consume her. He wants everything about her at his side, inside of him, all around him. And I think that is an element of what it takes for a woman to feel as if she's been penetrated that absolute focus in on her, on her everythingness, her entire world, not just her person, not just her emotions, not just her mind, everything. And the more that is revealed, the deeper the interest and the longing to know more. His probing, in fact, draws more of her out. Another movie that springs to mind is Mary Magdalene, the recent one that got made in 2018. There's a scene where Jesus is sat on some stone steps and Mary is slightly below him. Jesus realises that his time is coming and in a very deep and almost thunderously silent, intense moment, he looks at her and says, Mary, you are my witness. He didn't ask her. He didn't inquire whether would she mind if. She, he just stated what was going to happen. Not from bravado, not from arrogance, not from entitlement, but simply because it was the truth. And it wasn't a statement or a question that asked for a yes or no answer from Mary. All she could manage was a doe-eyed Devoted nod in agreement. So for me, there's another element of what it means. It means truth. It means certainty. It means clarity. 
And therefore, surely that must mean a very clear and steady, harmonised mind. I have a few stories of my own lurking around inside of me that really sum up this art of penetration, and it's one of my favourite ones. It's a story of Rumi and Shams. So here we go. Once upon a time, there was a Sufi poet called Rumi. He was the son of an already well-known and respected poet. And Rumi had gathered followers and disciples because of the way he could recite his own father's poetry. He had a charisma, he had a way with words. And so one day we find our Rumi sat on the wall of a fountain in the middle of his town. And he is reciting his father's poetry, absolutely being swooned by all of his students and disciples. Everybody is hanging on his every word. There is a magnetic, electric charge in the air, and Rumi is at his best. The poetry had been handwritten with an ink quill on parchment. And Rumi had many manuscripts of his father's work in his satchel. And he was drawing them out of the bag, opening them up. And with a proud chest, absolutely transmitting the deepest meanings of his father's work. Shams, the black lion, stood on the outskirts of this town square, looking deliciously at Rumi, absolutely transfixed but not lost, zoning in and absolutely already smitten. Shams takes his time and walks through the crowd. He does not have to ask the people, excuse me. They can feel him coming and they part like a magical sea. Shams walks right up to Rumi, who is already in mid-sentence and just stands there. Rumi falls silent. The students are aghast and some of them are angry and some of them are afraid. Who is this man who has interrupted their teacher? Shams pays no attention whatsoever and eventually says to Rumi, When are you going to speak your own words and stop reciting your father's? 
And with that, he turned and walked away. Now, if you were sat behind, beside Rumi, you would have seen the kind of look that Shams was pouring through his eyes upon Rumi's face. I am sure it would have been an intensity, electric, scorching in many ways, powerful, truthful, filled with courage, filled with invitation. Because it had to be something really spectacular. Just before he walked away, he picked up Rumi's satchel and emptied the entire contents, all the scrolls, in the water of the fountain. The students are up in arms trying to rescue all of this priceless work, but the ink is lifting off the page and Rumi does not care. Rumi has risen and is staring after Shams. He doesn't even tell his students, hey, don't worry about it, we'll get these later. He follows Shams and the two of them walk into the desert, never to be seen again apart from after 40 days. For me, I do not need to know what kind of relationship this is between Rumi and Shams. It doesn't matter a jot to me whether they are lovers, guru and disciple, friends, brothers. It doesn't matter. What matters is the power of Shams' presence and the depth of Rumi's trust. So there we go, there's another couple of vital elements. We know from the Rumi and Shams story that Rumi just transformed because of Shams. However brilliant he was, went to the next level and beyond by communing, by going into Darshan with this mystical, strange character called Shams. A final story I would like to share is of, is of how this penetrative quality can also be found in the feminine. I am, of course, referring to the time when Jesus was sat with his disciples discussing things in a men-only room and in comes Mary Magdalene with her alabaster jar and her anointment oil, spikenard. Now she knows that this room is for men only because this is the tradition. She doesn't knock and wait for the door to be opened and ask, can I come in? I need to see Jesus. 
Oh, no, no, no. She just opens that door, strides in, walks over to where he is sitting, kneels down, and in a wanton, luscious way, re- re- uh, <laughs> releases her tumbling, curly, gorgeous long hair and pours, not dabs, pours the entire jar of spikenard over his feet. That is an incredibly penetrative act. She has come in, not caring about anyone's opinion, not caring about anyone going up in arms, not even caring what the response of Jesus might be. She is just following her impulse to hit the target. And that target, I don't even know if we can say, was the heart. It could have been even beyond that. So what do I take from that story? I take courage. It's not even confidence. It's courage. It's real. It's eternal. It's lasting. It is. So that, my dear friends, is about as far as I can go with this theme today, the art of penetration. So let's go over to Pete and see what was it that made him pick up this subject and be with it for all of these days? Well, as Anaya said, I was uh, trawling through Facebook, through Facebook as some of us do. Um, and there are a number of, because I work with men, there, there are a number of men's groups you know they're growing like mushrooms wildfire there's there's a lot of men's groups appearing of all different forms um one i'd noticed had several themes along the lines of women writing wanting to be penetrated by their partner but not with his undercarriage wanting to be penetrated in any other way almost than that, than the classic lie down and think of England. So it, it, it did get me thinking, and it maybe it wasn't so timely approaching Anaya to uh, talk about it with her hands in the kitchen sink. But in a way, absolutely the right environment. Because what I'm beginning to understand is that penetration is about the whole entirety of life together between two people, or rather the quality of it, some, some small task. So we've been talking over a few days about this subject of penetration. And I, as always, from my personal pers- perspective, but also I as a man, you know, 
What's men's situation with penetration? Earlier today, we were on a walk and Pete came up with a really great insight. I'm going to see if I can recall it. We have been really going rather deep where it comes to sexuality, our own sexual energy and our own sexual union together. I've just turned 50, Pete's 58. And so there's a lot of things kicking in all at the same time, actually supporting and encouraging this process that we have very deeply fallen into. I, because I'm in the menopause phase, my hormonal levels have completely dropped. So my impulse, my hormonal charge to seek out sex is pretty non-existent. And I was saying to Pete today, now if those hormones hadn't have dropped, I'm not sure I could have gone into this purifying I won't even call it celibate because it doesn't feel like celibacy. It's a pause. I'm in a pause. And as I pause, I am beginning to see just how limited, how learnt, how superficial, how flighty and flaky my sexual nature was when I was younger. It was extremely learnt. And I got it all from the movies, from my friends, from what I saw at nightclubs. So it really wasn't too much to write home about. And so in this phase of life, I'm just letting that go. It's not what Pete wants. It's not what I want and it's not what we want. My deep interest has always been sacred sexual union. I know there is so much more in this act that we call sexual intercourse. It's not about chasing the goal. It's about opening up into something else as something else to be pulled through into the normal and mundane world. Energies and powers and forces that can be used to create and shape this new world. And Pete, maybe you can say what you've been going through during this time. Well, it's a... Uh... A very, very slow and sometimes painful experience um, or painful to my ego as a man where what I thought was a healthy sexuality has become obviously not up to the mark in any way, shape or form. You know, asking even simple questions like why do I we make love you know why do we do it really and there are seemingly many answers to that many of which are not healthy at all they're not loving at all 
They're simply because, well, that's what we've always done. So I've come to a, a sort of place too within me and around us where um, just, just the, the frictional side of making love is just not enough. It doesn't have value. It's like it's not connected. And in the, the guise of this, this topic, it's not penetrating at all in anything other than a physical sense. Um, you know, classically as a guy, since, I don't know, early teens, I've been jerking off pretty much probably two to three times a week, every week. You know, I'm now 57, 58 this year. Um, <laughs> touchy. And, you know, how much that physical act affects my emotions and how it is to be with me in the emotional swings that recur in the recovery period of up to 14 days after ejaculating, you know, there's so much in my way of being with life, but especially sexual, that's definitely needed time to be with it. Question a lot, ask, you know, is this, is this it? Is this what it means? And like Anaya, no, there must be more than this, even if I've never experienced it. Even if I don't buy the crap from the Hollywood romantic films, there definitely has to be something more than this. You know, what kind of experience, you know, is similar to that penetration in a guy's life? I can't remember, Anaya, what that film was. Where It was something like where... Uh, the actress comes out and is dancing this enticing dance with a snake around her neck. Oh, from Dust Till Dawn. Uh, and who, who is the um, Tarantino. Yeah, and the actress, wasn't it? Salima. Can't remember her surname. Uh, anyway, the, in the context, it's kind of like every single guy and a few women in the audience as she comes out, There's you could almost hear their chins hit the floor. Mm-hmm. And before the mind got a chance to turn it into something they had to uh, and had to grab and had to do something with, there was this simple field of wowness, and they completely encapsulated the whole performance. And it wasn't that she was naked. She was, wasn't naked. No, it's that. It's not that she was at all. It was the way that she inhabited herself. And that word mm. is something that's come up for me. To penetrate, I feel, in this kind of way, in some instances, is to completely inhabit all of the senses and the entire being of the... the I was going to say the target, but it's not even that either. Because there's some kind of contract probably neither are aware of at the time. So, you know, there's lots of, lots of stuff coming up with, you know, it seems when a woman feels that penetration that I was talking about, sometimes the guy is aware of it. Sometimes it is an action he's doing that elicits that response or that feeling. But some guys, you know, the ones who, you know, could be possibly named or the, a role written after it, 
is the kind of guy that doesn't know he's doing it. Or if he does know, and it's genuine, he's simply in a state of beingness. He's not doing penetration. He's being himself, his true masculine self. And that on its own is enough to penetrate a woman open to that kind of energy. So interesting stuff. There was another great insight the other day where we were thrashing this subject around. And I was saying, well, you know, Pete, there are some nationalities, some cultures that seem to have this. And he said, who do you mean? And I said, well, the Italians, the Hispanics, the Indians. And then he said a very important thing. Ah, yes, I know what you mean, but that is because they are going for sex. This form of penetration that I'm interested in has no end goal. It has no label. It has no destination. When he said that, I felt penetrated. I felt lifted and rolled backwards and opened my arms to surrender. Now, since we've been having this conversation, many things have been shape-shifting in our home. It was only this morning that Pete wrote this gorgeous piece of prose and in a way that I've never seen him write before, he kind of steadily, deeply just announced how much he loves me and how he is in this to the end. No fancy words, no fancy sentence structuring, no big show, just bah, rolled it right out in front of me. And then I did something I have never done in these last four and a half years. I stood up, I faced him, I took his hands, and I said, Pete, I truly do surrender to you. And I had a few little silent tears roll down my face because I felt it. I felt it. I must say, it has taken me all of this time, thrashing it out between us, power struggles, past showing up for both of us. We have been at it. And now, this morning, a huge chess piece has moved <laughs> and everything has been rearranged. Anything more from Pete? Yeah. it. Uh, I have to come back to kind of like the men's position in the world at the moment, especially guys of my generation and older. And it's like we have never been schooled in this kind of thing. We've never been told. We've never been educated. 
We've certainly never been shown by our peers or our older brothers or whatever it is. So this, this wish for such penetration from our beloved ladies is met with a kind of question mark, like, what the fuck is that kind of attitude? Um, which, of course, can come with a lot of guilt and shame, but more likely defence. So, anyway, to cut a long story short, what I want to say is, from my experience, what is priceless is that my beloved partner, if she, do, if I've said I don't know what it means or how it feels or how it looks, if in a moment when Anaya sees, feels or reads something that penetrates her from me, that she immediately tells me, and it's that, that's what it looks like, or that's what it sounds like, or that's how to be, if you want to penetrate me. So what I'm saying here is the partners, the ladies, you would be wise to find from your deep loving heart towards your partner ways and words in which you can encourage him when he gets it right, but not as mother, not as teacher, but as his fellow traveller into this realm in the deep forest of love. You know, sacred union. We, we all somewhere, even if we've never heard the term before, want it so much. We have lost the compass. Together we can find it again. Or maybe draw a new map. Maybe it's a new paradigm. Maybe for us guides it's letting go of the jerking off. Because maybe it's just exactly that that's keeping us back from stepping into the, a new kind of consciousness. A new way of lovemaking. And a new way of penetrating each other. One last little contemplation from me. Does it take two? When I think back to my couple of occasions where it did happen, on all of those occasions, I did not have my defences up. I was with people I loved, people I liked, people I was totally comfortable with. None of my defences were up. I was not armoured. I was not irritated. I did not have a list of things that they'd done wrong. <laughs> so their penetration got right in. I was hmm. surprised at the arrival of their energy inside of me. So I wonder... For those of us in long-term relationships, we better check that our heart is not closed and that our mind is not busy reeling off reasons and situations that are telling you that this isn't working out and it's time to leave and maybe it's over and maybe there's someone else and maybe it's dead. There has to be some kind of partial openness, some kind of warm interest in our partners. I'm not sure the act of penetration 
can truly come through if the other person is well and truly closed. What do you think? Last last words, Pete. Yeah, it's absolutely right. I think it's a seesaw moment, as so many in relationship, where when the when one dares to reach somehow higher or deeper or whatever it is, it has a seesaw effect on the other. That you know, a woman wants to be penetrated, and if he reaches to these places, then she is likely more likely to open. But no guarantees. I think it's so important what Naya is speaking about here with the, the, the intention of both of them. But I'm speaking for men. The intention on the part of the man is not simply to, to get his rocks off because that's the same old, same old. The intent, it's almost like an intentionless but not directionless path and it starts the moment just after they last made love and continues throughout life in every way shape and turn every thought every word and action every prayer until the next time and the quality of that atmosphere that field that they're building together but especially through his willingness to also open to something more that's the real that's the real journey and the invitation well my dearest friends there is some really good food for thought right there we're going to leave you now and i really hope that you have devoured these words and that perhaps it could lead to your own contemplations which of course we would love to listen and read but in the meantime, this is I Am Me, Fearless Soul podcast. And I am Anaya Sophia.